Britpop Bounce, my name's Kevin. And I'm Leslie. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Right. Let me have a look yeah. at your hair. You can't see Well, I've just washed it and quickly dried it, so then, because I'm going out tonight, what's going to happen is, when you leave, I'm going to straighten it. Right. This is kind of pre-do. Right, so I'm not supposed to judge this. No, no. No, this no, This has no. literally just come out of the shower. Right, okay. And a quick blow dry. It's quite brown. It's quite... Yeah, no, that's my... Uh-huh. That's you... always brown. Right. Far out. Maybe it's just because we're sitting next to the window. It looks quite... It's a bit lighter for uh, summer. Thank you. So, mm. Well, there, there you go, having a go at me. Well, it's always brown. It's just a different version of yeah, brown. Yeah, well, that... I noticed these things. I'm not a big fan. I'm going to go back to dark next time. Okay. I think the dark brings out my eyes better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, episode 43 Pulp Different Class Looking Can't forward to Can't wait to talk about this album Yeah And, mm. and Pulp just in general So uh, We're on Twitter and Facebook At Britpop Banter Britpop Banter at gmail.com Any questions Ratings Guilty pleasures Ask us anything Send it through All views expressed on this podcast Are 100% our own And while we poke fun at some bands And artists We appreciate their talent And sacrifice to create these albums Last week Les the Blue Tones, right? Return to the Last Chance Saloon. Oh my God. Like, I'm telling you now, downloads-wise, our most da- our quickest downloaded episode, and if you think of the last five episodes of the big albums that we've talked about, yeah. I'm not kidding. Blue Tones, head and shoulders. And that includes Blur Park Life. Jeez. And OK Computer. And OK Computer. But this is the thing. It happened last time with Expecting to Fly. The Blue Tones just come out and just... Just blow everyone out of the water. Everybody loves them. Everybody loves the blue tones. Do you want to tell everybody what you bought yesterday? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's insane. So you uh, in the in the podcast we were like, we've never seen them. We want to, and then you went, please, 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 into the mic. Later, bang, tickets on sale for Australia. Doing, expecting to fly in full Plus, and greatest hits and greatest hits. Oh. So tickets bought, amazing. Please. So um, I reckon it'll move in you. That'll get sold out. Yeah, because the metro's quite small, I reckon. Yeah. And this always happens. And then it's like, oh, due to demand. We're moving to the end more, which is right around the corner from you. That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> Fingers so, crossed. Uh, so we're going to see the Blue Tones after all that, which is fantastic. When is it? It's in May. Oh, it's miles away. God. Miles away. Um, so yeah, not only, so, not only the whole Blue Tones, biggest episode... And then, you know, we got to get to see them live. 15,000 downloads. Tick. Tick. Done. Boom. In the bag. Cheers to that. Then, number four in Australia. Number four, right? I'm like, bang. Number four in South Korea. Cookies, obviously. <laughs> if you're in South Korea right now, send us an email. Let us know what's, what's going on. What about North Korea? Haven't charted there. Yeah. Probably do, they, mm. do they have stats there? I don't, I'm not staying. I'm staying away from North Korea. So if you're listening, Kim, I'm just wondering if you ever do listen <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> so um, pretty big. Wait, what did you think of the Blue Tones episode? So I think we got we got excited because we love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't feel bad. I think I think you made me feel worse about it than I. Yeah, what do you mean? Nervous about. It being... Ahead of OK Computer. Yeah, and in the top ten in general, and I got worked up a wee bit and oh, realised it didn't matter. Well, I think people responded really well to it. That's what I and mean. And the, the downloads were there, all right? And that's what counts. More downloads than OK Computer means yeah. that more people care about that. So, 
Thumbs up. I also want to say in the episode, so our song of the week was the Lathams. Yes. I haven't been able to stop listening to that. Really? Such a good song. A lot of good feedback about that episode in general. I reckon that that song is one of the best songs I've heard in months. Really? A hundred percent. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, obviously doing well after they've sold out all their gigs for next year already. Pretty mental. What did we not get to see this week? We didn't get to see Cast. Yeah. What happened? Well, I had to go to Melbourne for work. And then I got, my flight was cancelled, then it was delayed, and then it was horrible, and then it was, I was tired. (laughs) <laughs> to be quite honest So all of that was a bit rubbish So Cast were playing their greatest hits At the same place that we saw Well, a bit of Kettle Faulkner oh, That's right, we are we're cursed yeah. For that venue That venue is, is not good to us um, But I, you know, I'm still recovering You were down in Melbourne, so probably the worst timing Yeah um, Tonight, I'm going to see Client Liaison What do you think of those? If I knew anything about them. Oh, really? Don't know anything about it? Don't know any of those stuff? No. Oh, great. Like, uh, I think we've talked about them before. Like, uh, they look like they're from the 80s. Like, they dress and they, a lot of their music is, like, quite dancey, uh, 80s electro feel. And they're just a parody 80s band. They are just tremendous. Playing at the end more, sold out. Nice. Like, massive. So, Aussie? Um, yeah, yeah, Australian. Oh. Very, very good. Client liaison. Check them out. Um, anything else before we get into this week's song of the week? No. <laughs> song of the week, The Crooks. Oh, I like this. Crystal Eyes, all right? The Crooks are a five-piece Britpop rock and roll band bringing back the Britpop scene. I've listened to these guys a lot this week. So you've been in the Laythongs. I've been with The Crooks. It's, it, it's pretty simple. You like Oasis, you're going to like The Crooks. A hundred percent. I mean, so that's true. it. They're just, you know, they're bringing it... What they literally have said in the tagline is they're bringing it back. It's is, awesome. This song is awesome. Here's Crooks with Crystal Eyes. Me to rock and roll 
Crystal eyes, love it. Very, yeah, it's always. It's just, it is kind of old school, rocky Britpop, isn't it? It fits. You, you, you couldn't tell if it was. You know, if we were talking about it and reviewing yeah. that, you couldn't tell what year it was in because it just, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great song. Yeah, really, really good. All right, Les says. Les says. I need a jingle for that. It'd be really cool. Les says. What would it go like? We've got eight episodes to go. Don't worry about but it. But it needs a song because I sing song of the week. Well, we'll do it in season two. But what fine. does it go like? Lessons. <laughs> I need to think about that. Um, so this week's homework, I think I described as David and Goliath. Oh, you did too. Yeah, of course. Um, and so because we've got um, elbow, which I'm looking forward to talk about. Yeah. Um, and hearing. Um, Yes, yeah, anyway. And Swim Deep with the album Emerald Classics. So we'll start with we'll start with Elbow. Let's just go straight in. Straight in straight to in Goliath. Elbow. So they are from the UK. They were formed in Manchester back in ninety seven. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah. So Guy Garvey on lead vocals who I have discussed. Yeah, you sort of hint, you, you hinted that last yep, week. Yep, you've got Craig, Mark, and Pete as well. They've actually been playing together since 1990. What? And they adopted the name Elbow in 97. Wow. This is their eighth studio album. Wow. Yeah. Okay, jeez. So, um, Giant of All Sizes is the album that we were looking at. I'll go into some reviews. So, first reviews are Pal Alexis Prote- Petridis, Petridis. <laughs> he gives it four out of five. Whoa! The result is what you might call a dislocated elbow. Boom, boom. I dislocated my elbow once. Yeah, we've talked about yeah. this. Noticeably light on songs, it might cause festival court crowds to hug each other and raise pl- plastic pint pots aloft. Big on taking their signature motifs and upending them. But musically, Giants of All Sizes is richer and stranger than anything they've released since their commercial breakthrough. Even when it finally settles back into more comfortable lyrical terrain, my troubles, um, hemming of cosy domesticity, on Deronda streets to parenthood and the music strays beyond their usual comfort zone, ragged and underpinned by glitchy electronic beats. It suits them. Mm. Music OMH, Mm -hmm. uh, 4.5 out of 5. Wow! The UK is a troubled, disaffected, oppressive place to be right now. Ouch. And it can't wait for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and it weighs heavy on giants of all sizes. The yep. eighth album of Elbow. Yep. Speaking about the album, frontman Guy Garvey has been very open about how the last two years of political and social upheaval caused by the looming spectre of Brexit and its unknowable consequences has resulted in an Elbow album slightly different to its pre- predecessors in terms of tone and mood. Mm-hmm. It is, was also shaped by Garvey's response to death, the, the Grenfell tragedy and fatherhood. Oh. It's not a surprise, therefore, it's arguably the heaviest 
album yet. Hmm. Brexit is addressed on Dexter and Sinister, an expansive three songs in one track in possession of driving musicler, muscular groove. Hmm. They've always confronted sadness with beauty and it's a tactic that continues to serve them well. There might be more anger, darkness and politics on this album, but giants of all sizes show they are still fundamentally one of the best bands around at offering consolation and comfort when the surrounding turbulence threatens to get too much. Hmm. Kevin, your thoughts, please. <laughs> Absolutely loved this album. Absolutely loved it. You're about to fall off your chair. This album... I've had on repeat for a, a while now. And remember how I said I was really excited because I was listening to this album before you gave it to me as homework. So when you gave it, I was like, yes. Because I've just, I love it. It's a great sounding album. It is It is very different to previous Elbow albums. That's what I like about it. I love some of the huge hooks that they have in it. Um, his voice is awesome. I know you say it great, but it's, it's fantastic. Um, so what, what do I love about it? The intro, um, I love Seven Veils, it's, it's gorgeous. Empires, The Delayed, White Noise, White Heat is the best song on the album. It is, it sounds great. Um, the first five songs in general are just top notch. Uh, My Trouble is Good, Weightless, uh, which is the last song. It's not a hurrah, but it's a very, very good song. The only one, the only single one, which is a weird one, is Doldrums which has the female vocal and it's weird it's not it's it's an okay song but it's actually a song that got stuck in my head the most which is weird um eight out of ten easy easy eight out of ten. Oh no i've actually an easy eight out of ten. brilliant album loved it okay so it's a powerful al- album it's very dark mm-hmm. there are some standout tracks i did preface in the last episode that i have always struggled with elbow and i don't know why don't know why because they would be typically a band that I think I would love. Yeah. I just can't. See, I do like them. I just found this a struggle to okay. listen to. So, wow. um Dexter and Sinister, I really like. Seven yep. Veils. Yep. White Noise, White Heat's the best album, the best yep. song on the album. Yep. My Trouble and Weightless. I hated Doldrums. Oh, okay, hated cool. it. Cool. I hated Onda Ronda Road. Okay. Can't stand it. Okay. And The Delayed, just the dirge. So, <laughs> like, I've... Re- I, Reading the reviews, I get it. You know, like the Grenf- the Grenfell tragedy is obviously like a really troubling tragedy that happened. The UK is in turmoil. It is one of those political again. albums, and that's all the stuff that I normally would mm. fall into. But at the end of the day, and I always say it, if it's not enjoyable and you struggle with it, then I can't rate it highly. So I give it a uh, six out of ten. I'm just not an elbow fan. And that's that's okay. the that's the bottom line. That's the line right there. If you don't like elbow, you just you're just not going to like it, right? Regardless. I but this, I really if you like to. elbow, this is a great album. This is this is such a great piece of work. So I was I was I've, I'm really happy with this. I'm going to keep playing this album. Um, it doesn't outstay its welcome either. It's a good good length, and it just has some beautiful songs in it. Right? Shall we get into the one that I am? Um, just so, I don't know, don't know, don't know. That's pretty much my one-liner about this album. Amazing. I just don't know. So, Swim Deep are... Who the hell are Swim Deep? They are, uh, they're formed in Birmingham. 
Right. They consist of Austin Williams, Kevin McCarthy and James Balmont. This is their third studio album. Their third? Their third. Their music style has been described as melodic guitar-based rock that belies the influence of 80s dream pop and 90s shoegaze. The band's debut album featured an indie pop sound with influences from bands such as, the, as Ride and The Stone Roses, as well as from baggy trip-hop and new wave genres. Nevertheless, the band transitioned to a psychedelic pop sound on their second album, Mothers, informed by acid house, balletic beats, gospel music and motoric rhythms. Reviews. Oh, I have, I have been itching to Google and see what people think about this album, but I haven't. I've stayed away from it. Enemy. Enemy. Bet you a ten on they loved this album. Four out of five. <sighs> Dropped from their label and two members down. So that in their so they released their second album. Yeah. And they lost two members, so they went through a bit of turmoil. Uh-huh. Anyway, dropped from their label, two members down. The Birmingham band have endured a bumpy ride and re-emerged with a boldly inventive album. Mm. Things haven't gone exactly smoothly for Swim Deep over the last few few years. After putting out the mind-meltingly brilliant second album, Mothers, in 2015. It's a good album. Is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. They parted ways with their major label home of RCA, and then months later saw two of their founding members, uh, drummer Zach and guitarist Higgy, go their separate ways. Mm. Other groups may have seen those events to, as a sign to call it a day, but bassist Cav McCarthy and singer Austin Williams... Um, and James, the keyboard player, dug their heels in, recruited new members, and set about rebuilding. Hmm. Through the swooning, lush indie pop, there is also plenty of sonic exploration, even if it is a little dialed down from the out-of-this-world missions of mothers. Happy as Larry marries a crashing jungle beat with glimmering melodies, making it feel as though you're stepping out from an Ibiza rave into the morning sun, pupils still dilated, chemicals still racing through your system. That's really the pervading feeling of Emerald Classics, a wide-eyed, serotonin rush of an album that will make you internally grateful for Swim Deep's perseverance. Mm. Indie is not a genre. Five out of five. With Emerald Classics, Swim Deep have experimented in a way that's... Five out of five. Yep. In a way that's really going to benefit them. Moving away from their old sound, the new era brings upbeat bangers and highly detailed lyrics that the fans will adore. Filled from start to finish with positivity, the band have produced an album that's going to be otherworldly live. Five out of five. Yeah. So, Kev. <sighs> yep. How do you feel about this album? Swim Deep, Emerald Classics. Did David beat Goliath? No. I did not like this album. <laughs> really? <laughs> Look, it's, it's all right. It's kind of... So I'm listening to it and I'm trying to... I'm trying to make a decision about it because I'm like, do I like this or do I not like this? Like, I'm sort of on the fence and my rating will lead to that. Um, it's kind of a, to me, it kind of has like a, a Lightning Seeds vibe and a Streets vibe. You know, it's, it's but not as good. Um, so look, let's talk about the first track. I want, I, what did I say to you? Can't wait to hear what you think about the first track. Didn't like it. Love it. I, do, I just didn't like it. So, what's the first track for people who don't know? To feel good. So it's sort of Everybody's this. Everybody's free. Everybody's free. Name me... the movie. Oh, name the movie. Where that's really. Um, oh no, I don't know. Romeo and Juliet. Oh, that's why. Who cares? Right. So. <laughs> I think we've been through this before. <laughs> um, 
I, I mean, I prefer the original by far compared to that. Um, I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't. I just listened to it and I was like, I'm confused by this. Okay. Um, so I did like a couple of Are songs. Are you easily confused? <laughs> <laughs> Desire, World I Share, Sail Away, Say Goodbye is Alright. Happy as Larry is the best song on the album. So I'm glad that Enemy or, or um, Indie is not a genre called that out. Never Stop Pinching Myself. Meh, to feel good. I just, I don't know. It's alright. Um, and Bruised. Bruised is not good at all. Um... I don't know, like, I mean, if you put it on, I wouldn't be screwed, get that off. It'd be all right, but I wouldn't get you to go, I wouldn't sit there and go, like, oh my God, what is this? Put it back on again. That's amazing. And to be fair, also, to these guys, they are, that indie pop label, perfect for them. But it is a David and Goliath. For me, you nailed it by saying, you know, you've got Swim Deep and you've got Elbow. Elbow just, in my opinion, just nailed it. Um, swim deep just no then I was like, 5 out of 10 5 out of 10 because I'm on the fence I don't care about it either way oh that's harsh that's harsh so thinking about how I could describe it I think it made you happy the, the story of David Goliath is basically David gets a catapult with a rock and smacks Goliath in the face and knocks him out right that's what's happened here <laughs> go on so this album I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, to Feel Good is amazing. This is such an average album. Um, it's Elbow's an average album. No, no. I'm sorry, four and a half and four uh, out of ten? Oh, uh, hello. I, I mean, four at out of five. five. And what's it, this? This got better. This got four out of five and five out of five. Five out of five. Five out of five is ridiculous. Um, to Feel Good is fun. I kind of liked it. Desire's a great song, Bruised. Father, I pray. Sail away, say goodbye. Drag Queens in Soho, Top of the Pops. I didn't like World I Share. And I wasn't that big a fan of Happy as Larry, actually, believe okay. it or not. All right. um, I like this album, I go back to it. Like, it's not the best one that we've covered. But I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Elbow. I didn't yeah, find it fair. as a okay. dirge and a trudge. It was just, maybe it's just because of... The polar opposites of yeah, the two albums, yeah. Also, it fits your mood. Like, it's been... Um, this week, I'm not sure I was in the mood for an elbow. Yeah, good point. So then, good point. I go, oh, it's too much. Move it on. Whereas this, you kind of laugh, like to feel good, silly, and it's ridiculous and it's funny, and <laughs> I mean, but it's also really, it's fun. Yep. So um, I gave this seven out of ten. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like it's. I really want to know what people think about it. Like, listeners, go out and listen to Swim Deep and just send us a note about what <laughs> you think about it. Are you? Team Kev or Team Les on this one because I just don't think it's that good. Oh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, but also I think you've got your elbow versus swim deep hat on. Uh, if you just stood it up against another solid album, you probably would change your rating, I'd say. No, because I didn't. I don't do it versus. That was only a silly analogy, but I don't. When I listen to them, I actually judge them on what I think. Okay. If they right. they could have ended up getting the same. There's only a point difference, remember? True. Um, okay. What do we got next? So we got Foles. Everything not saved will be lost. Part two. Bang! Um, Can't wait to talk about that one. Yeah, same. And then new album that got released this week, Stereophonics, with oh, the album. Oh, got a new album. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, I can't wait to talk about this. 
What, the phonics? Oh, yeah. Or the phonics? Fo- or both? Both, but okay. the phonics, because I've had a couple listens to that. Uh, I haven't. No, so this is, okay, all right, okay. Mm. So next week's going to be good. Maybe you can have a wee think and have a sing song, like Les says, something. Yeah. Jingle. Right. Les says, with... Could do it like Julia says, like, wet, wet, wet. Nah. They're yeah. coming to Sydney. Yeah, but not with Marty Pello. Yeah. Nah, it's not, he's not in it. It's not in it. Well, it's wet, wet, wet without Marty Pello. Well, that's... Pointless. That's pretty much. Uh, Shall we get into guilty pleasures? Yes. From Chesh, the shaman with boss drum. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of people have said this isn't a guilty pleasure, but my god, what do you mean? It kind of is. It kind of is. Massively is. Yeah. So, talk to me about this album, Liz. Starts off well. Starts off amazing. Who doesn't love a bit of boss drum? Oh, bit mm-hmm. of boss drum, and then into LSI. Great. Oh, I am. This out the start of the album, that. Oh, belters. Absolute belters. Absolute belters. And I was looking, I was, to be fair, I was sort of going, Chesh, to be fair, this is not a guilty pleasure, it's just a great album. What happens? It's not Graham. No. That Libre Solidia Denari sounds like a Commodore 64 computer game. <laughs> I had a Commodore 64. So did I. And you know the game when it was like playing that wee song before it loaded? That's what that is. <laughs> um, and Come On is awful. Like just, And then, to be honest, it's easier to say what's good. Bostrom, LSI... Ebony's are good. Done. That yeah. is that's it. That's all I've got. That's it. That's it. That is generally all there is. And to be fair, Ebony's are good stands up. That's oh, a belter. I listened to it twice today. It's hilarious. So that's I've got that. So I've got all my sort of MP3s for mixing, and I've got that mix that I'll throw it's into. Amazing. The it's good. It just comes out of nowhere. There's a guy in the place who's got a bit of sweet face, and he goes by the name of Ebony. He's good. <laughs> His friends call him Easy, and he's the main geezer. He'll vibe up the place like the mother man could. He's refined, sublime. He makes you feel fine. Very much maligned and misunderstood. But if you know he's a, he's a real crap, please. He's F is a good. He's Ebony. He's a good. You can see that he's mischievous, <laughs> mysterious, and he's devious. And when he's he likes to meet the people in the place but once you know he's fun he's something of a genius he gives a grin that goes around from face to face to face backwards and a forwards forwards and a backwards Ezer is a geezer who loves to muscle in that's about the time all the, sh- the crowd shout the name of Ezer he's in the corner laughing by the base bin he's a good he's a good he's a good he's a good I told you I knew it oh my god you got so into that oh. I'm knackered just watching has anyone you. got any Vera's <laughs> lovely <laughs> 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 well it. done, well done. Uh, so back to the, the, the so Libri Solidary Denari Fat Man Forever People is not as good as I remember either. Oh no, I put that actually. I put in brackets. I didn't mind it. Like I, I didn't mind I it. Know, it's not, not amazing. But uh, scientists, it feels like it's building to something but doesn't. <laughs> Horrible. Re-evolution. Even the the dubs at the end, the boss dub and the the forever dub, they're average. So yeah, same as you. Starts off really well and then just literally falls off yeah. a cliff. Four out of ten. Five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun though. It Ebony's was a fun one. Are good. We are moving on. Like this is a classic. Robert Lim, you have nailed this. So we've just come off the shaman, and now we're moving into the Urban Cookie Collective. Oh, <gasps> is that I got the key? I got the key. I got the secret. It is. I've got the key to her. Better place, I key. It's just waltzer music, that isn't it? Really? Yes. Yeah, that was Corona. This is the <laughs> rhythm 
so Rob, you chose the album High in a Happy Vibe. However, it's not on Spotify. So what we're going to do, we're going to do the best of, um, which is the greatest hits 2013, which, I mean, I only know one song. Yeah, so same. I don't think this is cheating. It's not cheating. But, um, we'll just look the track list in for that album and just find them. Take them yeah. off. But yeah, so the greatest hits by Arban Cookie Collective we're going to do. You feel, how do you feel about that? Do you know any other songs? Not one. There was one in there because I've sneaked ahead, but there is one in there that I went, oh, I didn't know this was them. But um, yeah, a lot of fun again. All right. Britpop one liner. Can't wait for this. Why can't you wait for it? Because still noses. I'll read it. No, no. <laughs> You're screwed. Because what was that little comment that you put with the stupid face emoji that I was going to get? I was like, just give me something bad. Mm. Let's just see what they say. They're all mainly Lego. Okay. They're all trying to be nice to make you happy. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I'm reading. ADL wearing my one liner today, which was Did you see um, the picture of amazing. It? it said adored instead of Adidas. Very cool, right? I want one. Okay. Chris, what are the top five debuts debuts of all time? And I don't even care. I liked Second Coming. Amazing. <laughs> Ian, Stone Roses, best rhythm section, best guitarist, great songs, great front ma- front man, but questionable vocals. Yep. Colin, change the face of British music, inspired all that followed, yet to be bettered. Du, 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 du. Got a winner. That's exactly right. Michael. Never been bettered. Stone Roses? My, no. Oasis, My life. Oasis not better than Stone Roses? Not, if we're talking about debut albums. No, no, I think he's talking about general. Oh, yeah, they have. My <laughs> life, your life wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for them, which is true. You've also got to remember there's always a beginning. And they did, for me, I will always still say from the episode one, without them, Go on. we wouldn't have the rest of this carry on. The rest of this carry on? Tell you. Okay. Sarah, first album is the Essential Student Union Jukebox album. It was constantly played during my uni days between 95 and 99. That's cute. Showing your age there, Sarah. Oh, don't be mean. I'm just... What are you talking about? Well, it is. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. She Go finished on. uni when I finished school, so... So? Just saying. Uh, Ray, the best. Wouldn't you have rather been at uni with the Stone Roses on the jukebox? Well, I had Oasis. Oh, no, I didn't. No, you didn't. Oh, no, who did I have? Celine Dion, I think. <laughs> you had the dirty she was always soundtrack. The, she was always in the charts. <laughs> um, Teddy, one of my favourite bands and one of my favourite debut albums of all time. Um, Al from In Lipery, the best band since the Beatles and massive influence of generations of music makers. Oh. How do you feel about that? Fit Fine. Fine? Fine. It's always going Stone to be Rose hard. Stone Roses better than the Rolling Stones? It's going to be hard, yeah. It's going to be hard because it's like they just, if they'd have just been able to release a couple of other albums, if they hadn't had that court, they would have gone more downhill. No, you don't know what you're talking about. You're literally the only person that thinks. Keep going. Um, A poor man's Boo Radley's. (laughs) Only joking, one of the best of the best of bands, and always a pleasure when they come on the radio. David, I hear hope in the first record, and without Spike Island, there would have been no Britpop. And how boring the UK would have been in the 90s. <laughs> Aisha, bind the drums to shoot us down. Boom! Adam, what the world was waiting for. Yeah. yeah. 
Andy, for those who only have the classic debut underrated follow-up, there's a goldmine of early singles to discover, and I'll tell you what, it ain't fool's gold either. Nice, Andy. Ian, like a can of lilt, the music is totally tropical, but Brown's vocals can leave a bit of a sharp aftertaste. I miss lilt. I I love lilt. That used to be my go-to as well. Because I wasn't too fizzy. No. It was, but it would just be going, going. It was going a little quickly. bit fizzy, but yeah. not too fizzy. Yeah, yeah. But I was always a fan of Can that. Ian keep the drink analogies keep going till the end of the season? That's amazing. Got to keep what it was the last Is that one? it? Is that the last one? That's it. Do you want Kev's? No, I'm sure we've had it before. What do you think mine's would be? Crap, don't like it. No, I just don't get it. Stone what? Roses, Kevin just doesn't get it. I just don't understand why you don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, average band. Crap singer, I just don't, I just don't get it. Have you listened to the complete Stone Roses like I told you to? No. Well, then don't come here with your opinions <laughs> until you've actually don't got something I, to say. Don't, I just told you, I don't want because to. there's more to them than that album and the second coming. That's not listen to the complete Stone Roses. Listen to the track Sally Cinnamon. I don't care. Well, maybe that should be it. Maybe that should be it. It's like you with Reef. You just don't care. No, but they're just shit. <laughs> There's like, I can't... There's another E we've got to put on this the next... I Have just you want... seen literally our podcast? E, 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 E. I just want everybody to remember what Kev just... He compared the Stone Roses no, to No, I didn't. Reef. I compared my dislike of the Stone Roses to your dislike for Reef. Don't even. You did. Because you can't put them in the same You said path. Stone Roses is better than Rolling Stones. That so... album... Right, I thought. Just listen to I'd, the complete story. To be fair, a lot of love. Not one bad comment no. about the roses. Not even a, a see what I agree with Kev. Not one. Why is that then? I don't know. Maybe listen I'm... to the complete story. Seriously, there's a really there's a lot of good songs. Songs. The reason I said Sally's all across the sand is a great song. So listen to that. Okay. Sally Cinnamon. When I get that, look. Okay. You are my world. I was sorry, I was never happy. It's amazing. Yep. Should we get to this week's album? Is it The Stone Roses? <laughs> no. Oh. It's much better than The Stone Roses. Oh, amazing. Uh, Pulp. Different yes. class. Let's get into it. Album cover. Right. I've got a bit of a confession to make about this. I had no idea. That there was pulp cutouts in that wedding picture. No idea. I guess I'd never looked at it closely. I don't know if I have. So if you look at so so it's so all right. The story right. So Dom the groom said this right. When we got married, we were putting the wedding together ourselves. We pulled a lot of favors from people we knew. My little brother Ben Ben went to art college in Edinburgh, and he made friends with a guy who subsequently became a photographer and had done a lot of work with Britpop bands. I think he worked with Blur and Elastica and, of course, Pulp. So we asked him uh, a couple of months before whether he would be prepared to do some photos for us. And he couldn't actually do it because he said he was busy working on some Pulp stuff. But he phoned us about a week before and said Pulp would think about using some photos with real people in them, including a wedding photo. And if we would do some joke shots where he'd bring some life-size cutouts of the band down, he would do some proper wedding shots for us as well. And that's what's happened. They rocked up on the wedding day with the life-size cutouts of the band and took the photos, and I suppose the rest is history. So, yeah, if you look at the photo, family wedding photo, and then there's, like, black and white pictures of the, the pulp. So, 
Imagine, so the album just went nuts, right? So obviously their wedding photo is everywhere. HMV, Virgin, you name it, right? Do you know what they got for it? What? Signed photo. No money, right? So they got a signed photo and tickets to one of the gigs. That's it. Could have done better than that. Could have done a bit better. You know, for every album you sell, give us a pound. Because, I don't know. That's a lot. Yeah, okay. What would you have done? Ten pence. Ten pence? Okay. Ten pence per... You'd still you'd still make a lot of money. Well, it'd be a nice wee Or just a lump sum. Yeah, as a thank you to say... Yeah. Yeah, it's an iconic cover. Or a holiday. Yeah, something. Like a signed photo. Pay for the honeymoon to... or something. Yes. Yeah, that would have been a nice That's gesture. Nice. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's poor. Um, all right, so the title, Different Class. Cocker had a friend who used the phrase different class to describe allusions to the British social class system, which was a theme of the songs on the album. A message on the back of the record also references this idea. We don't want no trouble. We just want the right to be different. That's all. Um, I don't think we ever used the term different class. We would use, we would use class, though. All the times probably yeah, talking yeah. about football. Did you see that goal last night? That was, that was class. class. That was yeah, class. Yeah. Absolute class. Um, so released on the 30th of October 95. It's wow. 24 years old this week. Wow. 24, Les. Take that in. And here's me calling Sarah old. Far out. Yeah. You're old, mate. Yeah. We were just You just got your grades done last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the previous pulp album, His and Hers, went to number nine. What followed it was This Is Hardcore, which went to number one. I didn't know that This Is Hardcore. I went did to not know one. that. Yeah, yeah. Again, off the back of a big album. True, true, true. Label was Island, producer was Chris Thomas. Um, it only went number one for one week, which you'd think would, it, would, it would actually be at the top of the charts a lot longer. Um, but it was in the charts for 55 weeks. Yeah, no. So, I sort of was listening to this album on the way here today, right? And I'm listening to the themes of the songs. And people, obviously when this came up that we were doing this album, a lot of people love this album, right? And we're actually like, why is it not top three? Yeah. Why is it only number nine? All this sort of stuff, right? Um, for me, why this resonates with us or with, with everyone is there's just so many personal themes in the album, right? So I was just listening, going track by track, and I'm like, okay, this is a song about first love. This is a song about lost love. This is a song about um, affairs and infidelity. This is a song about sex and first sexual experience. This is about just mistakes that you make in life. This is about big nights out you have. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just... This is about social classes. There's just something... That okay, if I was thinking about it, you've got the Mannix. Mannix, hugely political band, right? You know, if you we covered their stuff and we talked about the political themes through there. This is polar opposite of something like that, where you, me, or anyone can listen to any of these songs and connect to them on a personal level. Like our first kiss, our first sexual experience, all that sort of stuff. What do you think? Yeah, I do. I still think there are political things through it, so I don't think there are still that, that theme throughout it. Yeah. So I don't, I wouldn't park that aside. Okay. But yeah, and also because they're stories, people like stories. That's a good point. And they can relate to them. Good you point. know when lyrics are a little bit too, 
you don't know what you're singing about mm -hmm. and you don't know what you're listening to and you can't connect. Mm -hmm. Because they're like stories and so and a lot of the songs have names. Mm -hmm. They've got people's names. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think that's how you connect because mm -hmm. it feels like a story. It's mm -hmm. like he's singing a story to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the like if you read it, it'd be about a story. Like yeah. Common People's a story. Yep, 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 yep. Disco 2000's a story. It's a really sad story, that one, actually. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. But that's well, all, can, all about loss. you can relate to that. Yeah. You grew up with somebody and then this, and then your life's changed, and then you you didn't think that they would carry on. They didn't think their life would go that way, and you I didn't. Know. Like, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who couldn't relate to that in some shape or form? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want to get into the charts? Yes. 95. It's not a genre. It's not, it's not your genre. No. All right, albums. Number 10, the very best of Robert Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like, that like one song? Irresistible? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's one song. Um, number 9, Stanley Road by Paul Weller. That's, that's generally what you get when you mention Paul Weller's name. Oh. Uh, number 8, Don't Bore Us, Get To, the greatest hits by Roxette. <laughs> Surprised that's not anyone sort of we guilty Roxette. pleasure. Yeah. Uh, number seven. Oh, a lot of best ofs. Design of a Decade by Janet Jackson. Mm. Not a fan of Janet. Mm. Um, I'll pause for a second. Um, oh, I've gone off sidetrack. The R. Kelly documentary on Netflix. Oh, I've not seen that. We started watching it. No, because okay. it's a dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, watch it. And then we'll scut around it a little bit on the podcast. Do you change your mind? Am I accurate? Am I accurate? Well, we're only one episode in, but it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all, mate. Um, gross. <sighs> Number six. Eternal Power of a Woman. <laughs> I love Eternal. <laughs> Number five. Vault. The Greatest Hits by Def Leppard. Oh, Def Leppard. What have we got? One, two, three... Four out of the last five are um, greatest hits, but we're in October. Getting ready for Christmas. October, early. though. Right. Uh, Simply Red with Life. Jesus. Welcome to the Neighbourhood by Meatloaf. Mm. No. no. No, not for us. Two, What's the Story? Oh. And number one, Different Class. It's a pretty... Imagine those three albums in the charts at once and you only had £10 pocket money. You'd be screwed. Uh, oh Take yeah, Paul well. Weller, what's the story in Paul? Yeah. Anyway. Right, singles. Def Leppard, When Love and Hate Collide. I hate that. Number nine, Fairground by Simply Red. I hate that. Number eight, You'll See by Madonna. You'll, You'll see. see. Yeah, it's quite sad, it's alright. I Die For You by Meatloaf, and that's the truth. No? I die for you and that's the truth. Boo, boo, boo. Do anything you ask me to. <laughs> that's actually what he sounds like. That was really good. <laughs> Missing by Everything But The Girl. What a song. What a song. Doesn't, I mean, does age. Like, it doesn't get old. So it doesn't age. Yeah, jeez. Because I was like, because I listened to the other day, it was on like a shuffle playlist thing and I was like, oh, that's a great song. So it is a great, great song. Uh, Thunder by East 17 <laughs> East 17 Heaven for Everyone by Queen This could be heaven for everyone uh, Number 3 Gangster's Paradise by Coolio 
Number two, Wonderwall by Oasis. Oh. Number one, I believe, Up on the Roof by Robson and Jerome. Jesus. Up on the roof. Do, 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 do. This is, I think they held that all the way through to Christmas, I think. That's horrible. Right. Shall we get into... You don't seem very happy after that. Well, I'm sick of Robson and Jerome. Okay. Don't like them. It's the worst. Shall we... So, for people who don't know, who are they? Clowns from the telly. Like, they're, I mean, they seemed like nice enough blokes, and they were on that program they are, they Soldier, are nice. Soldier, Soldier, is... Soldier. They were actors. And then they just sung these songs for mums. Yeah, who loved them. And they made a killing off it. And they just sung covers of crap songs. Like old, old, yeah. old songs. And dressed up like fools. Hate it. Right, shall we talk about Pulp? Let's talk about Pulp. First time talking about them. According to Wikipedia... They are an English rock band. Well, they're not. Yeah, I've got a quick... Just thoughts, really. Rock, rock band? Nah. I don't know what you... Not rock. Probably not Britpop because of their full career, but let's just say indie. Okay. I just don't think rock. When I think rock, I think like Def Leppard. Yeah, you do, I, I'm the same as you. So when I saw it there, I was like, no, sorry, no. no. It's just a generic word for band with a guitar. Um, there is a website called Acrylic Afternoons that I got a lot of the, the pulp content from. So if you like pulp, go to that website. Formed in Sheffield in 1978. What? 78. We weren't even born. Nah. Nah. So they guess how many members of pulp there's been over the years? Oh, I bet there's been a few. 10? 25. Jeez. <laughs> that's a lot. I think that's the biggest. 25. Um, from 1979 to 2013. However, in the 90s, it was pretty steady with Cocker, obviously, Russell Sr., Mark Webber, Candida Doyle, Steve Mackay, and Nick Banks. Um, originally formed in school when Jarvis was 15, uh, they were going to be called Pulp after the movie Pulp with Michael Ke- Michael Caine. You ever seen that? No. Okay. What's your thoughts on Michael Caine? Michael Caine, good actor. Good actor. Yeah, solid actor. Okay, good. Uh, Isn't that movie that I watched? I didn't watch it that long ago. Harry, something, and he's like an old granddad, and he lives in this housing estate in mm-hmm. the UK. Okay, it's pretty gritty, and then the, it, but the ending's just like a <laughs> crescendo, and you're oh. like, whoa, good, yeah. What's what? What was it called? Harry, something. Anyway, great movie. Um, I am to be it, and I'll keep going. All right, so. Um, so, they felt the pulp was too short and they went with the name Arabicus. Based on the coffee, Arabicaius. I've said that wrong. Arabica, Arabicus? Arabicas. Um, they quickly changed it to Arabicus Pulp and then finally back to Pulp. What do you think of the name Arabicus? Arabicus. 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 <laughs> I quite like it. You like the way it sounds? I do, I quite like saying it. Arabicus. Arabicus. Is that... Because it's got everything. It's got every sort of, you know, noise that you would make. Like, Arabicus. (laughs) Arabicus. And then... That's why people listen... Phonetically lovely. Yeah, okay, well done. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, 
So by 1980, pop had been mentioned in a booklet which was part of the Bouquet of Steel compilation of South Yorkshire bands, and soon after they played their first concert at the Rotherham Art Centre in July of that year. A month later at the Sheffield Lead Mill, Russell Sr. first encountered one of the original pulp lineups, and he reviewed them for his fanzine, The Baith Banker. Ooh. That's crazy because he actually, he actually joined the band, right? So he went to, re- so you know how they had a ton of members? He went to review them and actually ended up joining the band. That's mental. That's mental. So that must be the stuff of the dreams, right? You go like a band, review a band, and then all of a sudden like, you get pulled into line. That would be amazing. In 1981, they did a Radio 1 John Peel session. So they were 18 when they did that. Harry Brown. Harry Brown. What did they give it? 2009. 7.2. Is this An elderly ex-serviceman and widower looks to avenge his best friend's murder by doing by uh, doling out his own form of justice. Oh, Michael, that's Michael, but he's banging on a bit older, but to... okay, all right, okay, cool. He's eighty-six. Michael Caine is eighty-six. Yep. Wow. This yep. whole podcast has been about age, right? It is. Um, where am I? Lineup changes after the Radio 1 session, and a while later in 82, they released their debut, It. Uh, it's not good. I've listened to it, it's, it's not good. It didn't do very well either. Didn't chart, and it led to a breakup with their label, Red Rhino Records, after poor sales and the band not changing to the requested style of the band Wham. So the record label won it. <laughs> So from Pulp, we want you to oh, sound. Oh, God. Jarvis, we want you to sound. Is that a joke? No, no, that's dead serious. They wanted them to sound like Wham. They did. <laughs> Can you imagine Jarvis Cocker singing Wake Me Up Before You Go? <laughs> Wake me up before you go, go, because I'm not planning on going so low. <laughs> it would sound really different. Horrible. I want to see that. Oh, my God. Jarvis Cocker singing Wham. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. But the very next day, you... T- oh, that's my favourite Christmas song. Wham! Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's not Mariah Carey. That and that. But that's probably got... I like that one because it's, like, upbeat. But that's got, like, memories from being little. Like, my mum said I loved it. And so it's, like, <clears> five. <throat> I think it came out when I was five. Is it... They don't really do Christmas number ones in Australia. Because it's, Christ- you know, it's, Chris- it's not Christmas. It's not Christmas. They don't play Slade here. Well, it's... So where are we now? We're uh, late October. It's 32 degrees today. Yeah. So you know, in the UK where it's starting to get a little bit darker, a bit early, mm-hmm. starting to get a little bit colder. Here it's ramping up and it just, it doesn't, it actually doesn't feel like Christmas at all. Not at all. Um, well, come a question. When was the last real, real Christmas number one? Because I remember ours, like I remember when we grew up, Christmas number one was a big event. Huge it was thing. a massive event. Is it still there? I think they still have them, but it's usually somebody from bloody... Um, Bieber? Britain's Got Talent or some crap that wins it. Oh. You know. Old mate used to work on a cruise ship and now they've released a song and it's gone and... Oh, God. <laughs> they've done a cover of the Bee Gees. Great. <laughs> People buying it in droves. And you're like, no, no thanks. All right, so after that, after they said, no, we're not doing Wham. Well done. Good they, decision. Good decision. They, they signed with Fire Records, lots of, gov, lots of gigs and lots of incidents. Apparently, the revised Pulp played the first concert at Brunel, 
Brunel University, which was less than successful, as they were appearing in place of a rugby songs band. <laughs> Perfect replacement right there. The concert ended in a stage invasion as the audience had trouble understanding Pulp's new direction, which was complimented by one of the members, Tim Alcard, reading bits of poetry between the songs. I can see why that wouldn't go. Nah. 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 Um, Rugby tonight, though. Oh, yeah, talk to me about this. Is uh, New Zealand playing tonight? Yeah, England. England. I just looked out my little uh, New Zealand t shirt to wear tonight to the Oaks. All right, okay. With my New Zealand cap. Uh huh. Yeah, going to watch it with some English people. (laughs) 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 I will be friendless around about 9 pm. (laughs) But you'll be surrounded by hopefully some Kiwis. Yeah. Fush and chops. I'm just going to say that all day. Don't say that. But what else can I say? No, that's it. Fush and chops. Fush and chops. <laughs> <laughs> In 1985, Jarvis fell out window. Did you hear about this? I did. So, trying to impress a girl doing a Spider-Man impression. Yes. He was in hospitals <laughs> for a month and had to do gigs in a wheelchair. She might have been a little bit, a little bit impressed when I was balanced on the window ledge. She was much less impressed when I landed on the pavement and shattered my leg and pelvis. Mm. The police got involved. This girl had a bit of history of beating up men and it was assumed that she'd thrown me out of the window for a laugh. But that was all my own work. (laughs) I spent six weeks in hospital and was told I might never walk again. It was definitely a low point. That's sad. He did walk again. He did, yeah, to be fair. And he did gigs in a a wheelchair. So, Talking to Spider-Man and... uh... So superhero movies did you see in the news this week or did you see an article that came out um, I was going to forward it to you so Martin Scorsese and uh, Francis Ford I've, Coppola I have, I have been seeing this uh, possibly two of the best movie directors to have ever lived yep what did they say about superhero movies said they were crap really yeah yeah to be fair yeah they've got a point yeah because they they may and I'll, I'll caveat this uh, superhero movies, comic book movies, they are great popcorn movies. You know, you're not expecting... And, to, and they're great, I love them. You know, I love comic book movies. But they're not to the same calibre of the movies they are creating. Although, to be fair, they've made some crap movies as well. So, let's not throw too many stones. Your thoughts? Completely agree. Okay, cool. Not you, but oh. <laughs> Yeah, I just saw that and I was like, yeah, good, glad, saw that, yeah. But I don't, there was a response back from, I can't remember someone, and they went, yeah, you're right, we don't don't care, why would we care? Like, I mean, that's, people don't get that, that, you're never going to see them at the Oscars, are you? They're just good. Well, let's hope not. You're going to see good, feel-good movies, like, just, you know. Mind-numbing. Right, Anyway. anyway, right, okay. Shall we get on? In 86, they released Freaks, which didn't do well again, and the band were left with no record label again, plus more people left the band. So Jarvis did his own thing for a while, and he went to London to study film. That was quite an emotional decision for me. On my last day in Sheffield, I rented a rubber dinghy and went on a trip along the River Don. That's a trip I'd recommend to anyone, but it was particularly magical for me. I was travelling through the city that had always been my home, and I was seeing it from a completely new angle. I was sad to be leaving Sheffield, but somehow I felt that my life had to change. No, 
Oh. Nice, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to go round circular key in a dinghy? Wouldn't mind. A couple of beers. In a dinghy? Yeah. It's quite pretty still. And it's warm. I mean, there might be sharks. Yeah. I'd take my chances. I mean, I've been in a kayak around Sydney Harbour, so what's the difference? Have you really? Yeah, tons of times. Oh. Oh, well, da da yeah, it's fine. Okay, I've never done it. Have you not? No. I'm not I'm not a sea person. I love the ocean. No, not not a fan. Did you see oh my god, this is, I meant to send it to you. There's um a guy stand up paddle boarding. That's hard. Yeah, it is hard. I've tried that, I'm not good at it. But a beautiful ocean, he's there just chilling out and a wave is, is coming up behind him. Like, oh, bit of a fast wave there, but he's ready for it, he's prepped. And then all of a sudden, the sea of dolphins come out of the water and one of them just smashes into him. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, came out of nowhere. Brilliant. Um, the band. On Jarvis. Yes. St. Jarvis. So yes. did you know, so I was reading this today and I had no idea, that his father, um, Mac Cocker. Oh, um, I read about that. Yeah, go. Was a DJ and actor and left the family and moved to Sydney. Um, when, Cocker, when Jarvis was seven yep. and he had no contact with him and his sister until he was in his 30s yep. um, but he was a radio DJ in Sydney yeah he was so he, he was on Double J yeah. and then Triple J in the 80s yeah I know um, but now he's in he a hippie commune to... in Darwin yeah yeah okay well, cool he, he said he forgave his father who died in 2016 for abandoning them saying I don't feel any bitterness he actually wrote the song A Little Soul on This Is Hardcore, about being abandoned by his father. Oh! Yeah, that's what that's about. Okay, I need to go back and re-listen to that. that. Yeah, I didn't know that Radio DJ in Sydney, that's a bit close to home. And on Triple J. I didn't realise Triple J had been going since the 80s. Yeah. That's really hard, leaving your kid at that age. And and not just going round the corner. Like, yeah. Leaving. You can't get any further. Yeah, yeah, literally. yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, what else you got on Jarvis? I'm going to keep going. That was just it. A side note, okay, cool. Yeah, the band. And there's other stuff, but about him, I just when I read that, and I was like, I actually had no idea, yeah. and also that he came to, just the Triple J thing, because I listened to that, and then you're like, yeah. I, oh, Triple J. So Triple J is like kind of the most, prom- like there's a lot of commercial radio stations in Australia. Oh, they're hideous. Today FM, Nova, they're all, they'll Kiss play. Kiss FM. Oh, they'll play the same 10 Kyle songs. Sandy Lance Ever- is the most repulsive oh, yeah. man to have ever lived. I agree. It's a shock jock, basically. Moron. Um, and they'll play the same songs every hour, one of those stations. <laughs> Whereas Triple J, actually, with every sort of host, every two hours you get a different style and, and yeah. feel to the, to the show. How do you, what do you listen to? Do you listen to it a lot now? Not really. It's like if I do listen to radio, like let's just say, for example, my battery runs out of my phone and I'm in my car, I'll listen to, um, that's probably it. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. Pro- this podcast has probably taken up a lot because you don't yeah, have time. You don't have time. We don't have time. But I used to listen to Triple J a lot, and I, but I don't have time to listen. I certainly do not listen to commercial radio in this country. No, it's terrible. Absolutely. We do miss Radio 1. Yeah. Just, there's no, radio's not that great here um, the same as you I don't have much time to, to listen but other podcasts I don't listen to other podcasts anymore it's done because we just have so much homework yeah it's true um, alright the band did reform so after Jarvis did his own thing um, they reformed in their final sort of form that would stay together most of the 90s there was little activity until Christmas 1990 when there was a secret concert at the Shefford Lead Mill and another concert filmed by Granada Television for the new Sessions programme. 
In March 91, Fire released My Legendary Girlfriend and Enemy made this their single of the week. So starting to get a bit of uh, uh, popularity. Pulp were frustrated by Fire though, and their third album, Separations, was the last with them in 1992. So, did you know we actually reviewed Separations? Did we? Way back when we first did this. So Separations, we listened to. Do we, not remember. We both gave it exactly the same rating, which was a three and a half. Really? Yeah. How weird is that? Both of It's very rare because at that time when we did the ratings, we were like all, all over, over the place. place yeah. They decided to leave, moving to Ireland and releasing Intro, which is the successful song Babies on there. It's um, a good song. Yeah, which was later remixed on His and Hers, which came out a year later in 94. And that was kind of essentially their breakthrough album. Do you have a record of what we gave those albums, His and Hers? Uh, maybe. I might have it somewhere. His and Hers reached number nine on the UK albums chart and was nominated for the 94 Mercury Music Prize ah. Award. But we've talked heaps about it. 94 was M People. Gee, I know. Elegant. I can't We're not going to bother. In 1998, Q Magazine readers voted it the 70th greatest album of all time. Wow. Mm. I used to love Q Magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, while it was placed at a number 110 in the book Virgin All-Time Top 1000 Albums. His and hers, here we go. His and hers. We thought it was all right. Six for me, five for you. Yeah, right. Okay. Because we, we talked, we sort of hinted at this. Um, you know, this album, both, we're not massive pulp fans. No. We're fans of this album. Yeah. But I'm also fans of This Is Hardcore, the next album, and again, I lose it. So, you know what I mean? Not, yeah. Yeah. Um, his and hers, after that, they went on tour with Blur to the USA. Oh, wow. So that'll be after the Modern Life is Rubbish, where um, <laughs> Blur were completely skint. In 95, Pulp smashed the charts with common people reaching number two. The success brought Pulp a new audience and contributed to a headline performance at Glastonbury when the Stone Roses pulled out at the last minute. What song beat Common People mm-hmm. to number one in the UK chart? Wonderwall. Didn't we just say that? It was Robson and Jerome. Yes. But, yeah. but, but, but with Unchained Melody, not the one that you said. Oh, that was so, the album. so they must have, must have come in over the top yeah. and knocked it again. Because it was Wonderwall, at the chart of the album, that was Wonderwall, that That's they knocked right. off with Up on the Roof. Robson and Jerome would strike again. <laughs> <laughs> so not only did they knock Wonderwall off, which is a classic, mm-hmm. then they knock off Common People. Oh, wow. Unchained Melody, and they'll be bluebirds over the white cliffs of Dover. I mean, that is shoot yourself in the face stuff right there. <laughs> and so... This is, this is, I kind of compare it to Robson and Jerome... Do you, remember, do you remember Jive Bunny? I love Jive Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Jive, but Jive Bunny was sort of this master mix. That was fun, though. But it was fun. But it was but it was, was samples of those old songs, and Robson and Jerome just pulled it, yanked it, and sang them. It's just so bad because it's just it's a real blight. Come on, everybody! Come on, yeah, I everybody. loved it. Let's do the, the twist. twist. Do, do, do. Far out. But it's a real. Um, I don't know. It's a real travesty where you think that common people in Wonderwall, both of them, knocked off. Wonder, oh, well, number one, by them. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, so this is kind of where the trouble begins, and pop get absolutely massive. So '95, they do the double-sided single "Miss Shapes" and "Sorted for Ease and Whiz." 
Do you remember the cover? How did they get away with that? Yeah. Do you wanna So Because Ebenezer Good got in trouble, but that's alright. I think And got, that's so blatant. I'm pretty sure they got banned from like Top of the Pops and all yeah, that sort right. of stuff, right? Um so why is this a big issue? Because um they basically hinted in the CD single around the instru- instructions for making the sleeve hide illicit drugs. Allegedly, right? Which Jarvis completely denies. Um, the Daily Mirror ran front page <laughs> oh, news gosh. called Ban This Sick Stunt. So crisis meetings were held at Top of the Pop Studios. Pop's position on drugs was reported with a rather confusing follow-up story in the Mirror the next day. In the same story, the Mirror revealed that 73% of its readership thought that the single featuring the offending cover should be banned. However, the single reached number two in the charts. Of course it did. Of course it did. Uh, Later, Russell from the band was approached and offered drugs, refused them. Then he realised that a photographer was on the other side of the road waiting to take a picture of him. That's dodgy. That's so... I hate that. That's cheeky. Anyway, Pulp, end of 95, won the Mercury Prize Award. In 95. Do you want to know what else was in 95? Oh, my... Was it Blue Lines? Nope. What was it? It was The Beltane Fire, uh, is the name of the album, by Caroline Maltai, Peter Maxwell Davies, and the BBC Philharmonic. Philharmonic? Everything Must Go by the Mannix. Help the Artist for War Child. Oh, I remember that album. Yeah, we talked about that. It's Great When You're Straight, Yeah, by the Black Grape. Modern Day Jazz Stories, Courtney Pine. Norma Watterson. Return of the Mac. Second, (laughs) second toughest in the infants by Underworld. What album? And What's the Story by Oasis. What would you have picked? What's the story? Second toughest. Early 96... Better than them? Not... Yeah. Early 90s. Do you really mean that? Do you actually think that that you think that second do you think that Underworld are better than those common people this album, sorry, different class and do you genuinely believe that? Stood the test of time, better oh, albums. I still listen to Second Toughest. You think it's a better album? Like genuinely. And I'm not trying to catch you out here because I'm just trying okay, to Okay, here's my answer to that. I listen to Second Toughest more than this album and more than What's the Story. Maybe Everything Must Go I listen to a lot, so maybe on par with that. But Second Toughest, ah, oh, Pearl's Girl, uh, Born Slippy, just the... Oh, oh. So you genuinely think that? Yeah, okay. what's wrong with that? No, nothing. I just actually didn't know if you... I don't know, I, I, it's, it's good. No, no, it's a great album. I just was, It's just interesting to see where you fall in terms I would have of... liked to have seen Underworld win that year. Mm. All right, Colin, uh, this album was getting, you know... Awards top of the charts would have been nice to see Underworld get it, and I think for what that award's supposed to be, like it's not a main, like no, I know that sometimes it is, but yeah, yeah. No, I just thought it was interesting. Um, early '96, the Brit Awards, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, if you've been under a rock and don't know what we're talking about, pause us right now, right? Make sure you come back, but pause, type in. Jarvis Cocker, Brit Awards, or Michael Jackson, the Air Song, Brit Awards, or whatever, it'll come up number one, right? Do you want to talk to me about what happened? Oh, so do you really want me to? Because I'll, you know what I'm like. Go on. But anyway, so there. Tee it up, you knock it out. Yeah, so Michael Jackson is singing Air Song, mm-hmm. dressed like Jesus. Yeah, yes. He he's. He's got his arms in the air, and then he's got all these children, 
come up and hug him and it's sick like it's sick Jarvis doesn't really like what's happening mm-hmm. jumps up on the stage is a bit disruptive good yeah okay yeah um, kind of gets dragged off it's all a bit of a hullabaloo <laughs> no <laughs> Noel Gallagher oh said that he thinks that Jarvis Cocker should have been awarded an MBE for that very act. Yeah, there was Whereas Blunt, Damon Albarn, was on Jackson's side. No, really? Yeah. Didn't he, know that. He said that he thought it was massively inappropriate and I shouldn't have done it. Right. It's inappropriate because it's a state, like the person's on the stage. Um, Jarvis talks about this, right? So I've done it like a... He talks about it and he said, look, he wasn't anti-Michael Jackson. He was just anti that whole thing. Yeah, like yeah. That, that yeah. video, like not video, that performance. And he just didn't think it was appropriate and it just was a bit grim. Yeah. So he said it was funny because he talked about it in this interview that I read earlier this week. And it was, he genuinely is a Jackson fan. Like mm-hmm. he said, when he knew that he Jackson was, was going to be there. Which was quite a big deal. He was so excited. And he actually watched him rehearse. Like, obviously, didn't see the full thing. Wow. Went to see him rehearse. Was just really excited. Michael Jackson's at that time before mm-hmm. we knew everything. Anyway, he's a legend, mm-hmm. and he's so that's the thing. So people, I think what people have got to understand is that he didn't go there with the intention of that. No, because he actually was really excited about seeing Jackson. Mm-hmm. It was just when he starts raising his arms like Jesus, and then he's got these children wrapped around his legs. Mm-hmm. It just gets a little bit iffy. Yeah. I agree. More so now than ever. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, so he sort of invaded the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets chased around by security yeah. a bit. And basically, he's just showing his bum. Oh, is, yeah, sorry, yeah. He lifts his he, suit he jacket, really, shows yeah. his bum, you know, show, kind of waves his hand as if he's basically farting. Like, he thinks this is all, like, anyway. But basically, it's, it's just a lot of, lot of fun. Um, in fact, if you insert, like, carry-on music would be more appropriate. Remember the yeah. carry-on music? <laughs> Benny Hill music, something like that. So, well, this was all a bit of a lark. But, complaints by Jackson and his entourage, Cocker actually spent the night in Kensington Police Station about to be charged with actual bodily harm and assault for allegedly um, coming into contact with the children. Right, so he's on the stage, he's, he's running around, all this sort of stuff. Jackson wants him done with assault because apparently, allegedly, he made contact with some of those kids while he was running around. Pot and kettle, Michael. <laughs> oh, oh, I just walked into that. Pot and kettle. Yep. So, but, guess how he got out? Did you see how he got out? No. Right. So, British comedian Bob, Martim- Bob Mortimer from Vic and Bob is an ex-solicitor. Right? So basically, Bob acted as Jarvis's legal representation. Amazing. Um, just amazing, amazing. So he was released without charge. But basically, he was held in his sort of um, changing room for two hours, accompanied to go to the bathroom by police, and then they took oh, him to the God, station. Dramatic. Oh, anyway, so the press, right, loved this. The headlines the next day He's off his cocker. It's pretty good. <laughs> the night our young dreams were pulped. Mm. Mm. Jacko's pulp friction Oh I like that <laughs> Jackson was quoted as saying He was sickened, saddened Shocked, upset Cheated and angry So do I, so am I Michael So am I Jarvis on TFI 
I was just I was sitting there just watching it, feeling a bit ill as he was doing his Jesus act. Seems to be that other people found it quite distasteful as well. And I thought, the stage was there, I'm here, and I could do something about it. Candido, our keyboard player, said, you'll never do it, mate. When I was seriously thinking about it, I actually kind of didn't know what to do, so I just showed my bum when I was up there. So he kind of got egged into it, and he just went, yes, all right, I'm going to do it. So a bit of a laugh. Um, But it sort of spiraled a bit out of control, because Paul went from being this big band into Jarvis Cocker being this huge sort of celebrity. So it was really, um, so he was asked, there were surely some aspects you were able to enjoy. Uh, This is by Spin Mag. Some days it was really exciting. I didn't mind it when Paul were getting popular. I just pushed it too far with that thing because it wasn't. Jarvis Cocker played an amazing song because it wasn't, quote, Jarvis Cocker played an amazing song at the Brit Awards last night. It was Jarvis Cocker titted about at the Brit Awards last night. I had been in a band for 15 years and in 15 seconds I became more well-known. All that hard work just thrown away. Kind of fair. Kind of, but then... Is it? Well, he kind of got... I mean... Is he, it really? Well, they're not talking about the music anymore. They're talking about an act that he did on stage. Yeah, briefly. briefly. We're still talking about the album 24 years later. Good point, good point. So after the Brits, they went on a massive tour. Uh, and then like, kind of went quiet reports-wise... Um, the band started to struggle with the schedule and publicity as well as the follow-up to different class. They also lost a band member with Russell Sr. saying it wasn't creatively rewarding to be in pulp anymore, which is quite harsh. It took two years, but we got This Is Hardcore. One of my favourite albums at the time. It's got, like we talked about albums that kind of have sentimental yeah. reasons and stuff like that. It definitely has sentimental reasons to me. Um, Ratings-wise... I gave it a 7 out of 10. You gave it a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm not a fan. You know what? I was on the flight down to, to Adelaide and I was like, you know what? I'm going to whack this on. It's a hard listen. Mm-hmm. It's a really hard listen. And when you're with, with the very, very first song being Help the Aged, yes. such a different song. Like, you know, from what you're kind of used to. So Help the Aged came back in at number 8, like it was number 8. It was the last time Pulp ever got into the number t- in the top 10. Really? Yep, last time. Um, there's really so much to talk about. Like, Pulp are just so much to talk about. And especially Jarvis. So Jarvis, um, you know, is a whole other kettle of fish and he's had a separate career. But Pulp released one more album called We Love Life in 2001 before splitting. Jarvis headed to France to live with his wife and new son. They did briefly reform in 2011 for some gigs. However, Jarvis has stayed solo and he has three albums under his belt. So, um, spin to Jarvis Cocker. Who won the Britpop Wars? Nobody. It was exciting at the time because it did seem like what traditionally would be underground or independent culture was suddenly being taken seriously. Naively, I thought that we were about to have a revolution and create a new utopia, but it didn't work out that way and the music was pretty dull, generally speaking. What have you got? So, he... Well, he just stole my thunder because I always do the Britpop thing. So oh, you do? I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, they did... So Radio 6 did a poll of the um, biggest Britpop anthems. Oh, so go. okay, go. The top ten. Girl from Mars, ten. 
How do, so, how do you feel about it? Uh, you know that I like that song. Okay. Number nine, Disco 2000. Eight, Slight Return. Seven, Girls and Boys. Six, Animal Nitrate. Five, Parkline. Four, Wonderwall. Three, Don't Look Back in Anger. Two, Bittersweet Symphony. Number one, Common People. So that was 30,000 people voted in the radio poll. Steve Lamack revealed the um, top 30 and then he interviewed Jarvis and he said, look, Common People's just been rated the top Britpop anthem of all time. Do you feel proud of the Britpop tag now or at the time? We hated it at the time. It's just such a horrible name because it's got Brit in it. Oh. It has a slightly unpleasant whiff of nationalism. The Union mm. Jack and all that business, I'm just not into that. But at the start, I have to admit, the idea, the idea that these outsider indie bands would become pop bands was exciting. They have loads of articles on Britpop, so you don't need me weighing in, but it didn't quite live up to its promise. It ended up quite a conservative with a small C movement. It didn't bring anything new, and it didn't really move stuff on, so that was a shame. How do you feel about that top ten? Um, I I call one. Guess which one I get rid of. I bet you wouldn't see it. Wonderwall. Don't look back in anger. Really? Yeah, I don't think it was that big an anthem. Oh come on! <laughs> so silent way. Um. Anyway, he was interviewed by NME, and it was a writers. Um, Readers could write in some questions. Oh, okay. So this question came from a guy called Tom Crawford. If you could return to the Britpop era, would you do anything differently? Great question. To Jarvis. It would have been good if the revolution had actually occurred. When I went to raves, I thought, wow, this is a revolution. People being nice to each other. A new consciousness is coming in. And similarly with Britpop, I thought, here are all these marginal alternative indie types getting in the charts. It's going to loosen society up. In both those cases, it didn't make much difference. Britpop ended up being slightly overweight men with their shirts untucked, getting sucked off while watching The Italian Job. I'm always thinking the revolution could still happen, though. At the moment, there's a feeling. I got that when I was on, and this is talking two years ago, I was on a student march the other day. It's just getting more interesting. Wow. Really? Yeah. Again, another one that just... I agree with him. I He doesn't go, like, hectic. I see what he's saying. Raves, any sort of that kind of revolution you hope, or he's hoping, would lead to bigger things. Mm-hmm. The reality, it didn't. Mm-hmm. So that whole Britpop thing, there was no Labour, yeah, yeah. this is going to be... Nothing. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Tory Blair ended up just being the same. We went to War with the Rack. Music yeah. ended, ended up getting boy bands. Nothing changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can see how that would have been exciting Mm -hmm. because non-mainstream music was becoming mainstream. Mm -hmm. But then we just quit. I mean, not only did that change, we went full throttle into people like Boyzone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I can't get my head around, especially later in the 90s when you do those charts. Yeah. The closer you get to 2000, you can forget bands Mm -hmm. like The Mannix or Mm -hmm. releasing challenging albums. Yep. You've got Westlife and Boyzone and all sorts. It's sad. I agree. Totally agree. Um, Anything else? Do you want to get into the singles? Get into the singles. All right. 
Common People went to number two in June 95. The video. It's kind of iconic, right? So the actress is Sadie, yeah. Sadie Frost. Apparently, you know how she dances next to... So they're kind of on this like lighted stage. There's people dancing in the mm-hmm. background. Jarvis is doing his thing. I did not know that was Sadie Frost. Sadie, yeah, Sadie Frost is next to... So she just started dancing. She improvised it all. So it's not yeah, like right. it's not like she practiced or had a routine. She just did her thing to the music, which is huh. which is really cute. Um, the video features a homage to Eleanor Rigby sequence in the animated film Yellow Submarine. Eleanor Rigby. My mum doesn't let me play that song. Says it gives her the heebie-jeebies, and she's a Beatles fan. Why? Well, she doesn't like oh, late. People, it's quite. Um, look at them working. <laughs> like, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's a little bit disturbing. What would what would your mum say if you started playing that? Oh, uh, you don't want to know. I might do it at Christmas. I'll tell you what I'll do it at Christmas. See what happens. I was hoping to get a mum impression out yeah. of you. I don't know actually what she would say. She'd come running through and turn it off, I reckon. But yeah. <laughs> she just storm in as if yeah. you were like seventeen. So, get out of my room. <laughs> <laughs> um, the club scenes were filmed inside Stepney's nightclub on Commercial Road in the East End of London. The nightclub still had its original decor, including a nineteen seventies dance floor, and was described as a cultural icon Amazing. when under the threat of demolition in two thousand and seven. The dance floor is. Awesome. awesome. It's just so old. It's like Saturday Night Fever type yeah. stuff. Yeah. Miss Shapes and Sorry for Ease and Wiz. Number two again. 7th of October 95. So Paul playing this sort of bar club. Um, there's a bunch of quite unique looking people in there. Um, and then there's a there's some bullies in there. So it's all <laughs> about how the bullies start to make fun or pick on. You know, and then you actually see Jarvis as a bully versus Jarvis Cocker as in as in pulp. So it's it's very it's actually pretty cool. Disco two thousand number seven, number seven in uh, really? December ninety five. Uh, video the brilliant video. The video is of a boy and a girl preparing for a night out, and it has their thoughts about what they're going to do and prepare for the evening, um, and them getting ready, and then in the cab and all this sort of stuff, and then they're meeting on the dance floor and him thinking, then her thinking, and then they end up going home together. It's pretty cute. Uh, something changed number 8 April 96 very simple nothing like the other videos it's literally just the band are singing in some sort of dark lighting and the camera just revolves around them very different very simple Hmm. you ready to get into the tracks yes go on take us away what do we got Misshapes great start to the album okay happy with that yeah very okay not a huge punch to the face more like a slap yeah, it's definitely not a punch to the face. No, it's a slap, though. I think it's a great song. It's a great song. Uh, misshapes, mistakes, misfits. We'd like to go to town, but we can't risk it. Oh. Uh, yeah, just, <laughs> it's just catching. Yeah, you start yeah. getting really into that it. I do. I really think it sets the tone for the album. Yeah, it 100%. Does. Okay. It's a very, very smart choice of a first track. Okay, cool. All right, so good to go? Yeah. Misshapes. With pencil skirt, hate it. Whoa, look at that! What happened? Gives me creeps because it's so sleazy and it's so creepy in his voice and his breathing. 
Like it makes me want to breathing because he breathes. <sighs> oh. That whole thing, it's oh, oh the, yeah, I know what you mean. Like I just, <gasps> uh, yeah, I know exactly. I, what I just mean. find it. I've got to. I just. I'll be around when he's not in town. I like that <sighs> wee bit, but then yeah, it okay. just gets all a bit creepy. Okay, I can't. So I'll be around when he's not in town. Oh yeah, I'll show you how you're doing it wrong. I really love it when you tell me to stop. Oh, oh, it's turning me on. Right. Do you know what the song is about? Can you take a guess? Cheating. It's pretty obvious. It's a bit weird. Now, you can tell me some lies about the good times that you've had, but I've kissed your mother twice and now I'm working on your dad. Oh, baby. Um, it's really, when you read song meanings, it's a little bit out of there. I always thought it was about someone having an affair. Yeah. And then start to, someone really creepy starting to work on the whole family. Some, some think it's a song about a vibrator. Oh. That is not the response I thought I would get from you. Maybe. But it actually does, when, when you actually read into the lyrics, you know, and it, it, it talks about being taken out from the bed and, and it, like, it, it just sort of, you kind of go... Oh, Christ, is it? I had no yeah. idea. I think his voice and stuff, it just creeps me. He, he freak, creeps me out. Okay. It's not so much what he says, it's the way he says it with his, like, <laughs> and then he get, and you go, whoa. Because it just it makes me feel, oh, God. I've, I actually, I like the song, but it is, like you said, it's very whoa. weird. It's not unsettling like it is to you. I just think it's not unsettling, it's just creepy. So we're not gonna, I'm like, I'm, I don't want to play it if it creeps you out. Yeah, then. it creeps me, I hate it. But you're into common people. Of course. Come on. <laughs> Who isn't? It's a classic. Is this the best ever Britpop song? Obviously, from your chart, people voted it is. Mm. Great summary by Roger Wilco. The grass is greener on the other side, or is it? This song is brilliant. It's about two people coming from opposite lifestyles and long to have what the other has. The rich girl wants to live a seemingly simpler, plebeian lifestyle. But according to Jarvis Cocker, she could call daddy and bail out anytime. The narrator doesn't have that luxury. He lives the life of a common person day in, day out. The speculation around this is that the girl in the song... Ah, okay. Um, I read this article in uh, The Guardian. Is allegedly a rich female student um, who knew at the time, who was Danae Stratow, who's the wife of a Greek finance minister. No way! Apparently. Rumours. Comes from brief, from, yeah, rumours from a wealthy background. And she studied at Central St Martin's School of Art around the same time that Jarvis Cocker was there. So is it, or is it an urban myth? Oh. And you never really find out. No, you don't. So she was a student then, she's now, and she's very wealthy, and she studied at that St Martin's School where the song is based with him. Oh. So there's always been this thing if it's about her. Oh, right, okay. The writing is just... Oh, I love it. The this is just because so it's a story, clever. and it's brought you just follow the whole thing through, and you f- you actually find yourself wondering what's going to happen, and then, <laughs> and you, I don't know, I just love it. Like I, I took her to a supermarket. It's brilliant. I and don't then know they're why, but up, I and it just started somewhere. That's critical. Um, I love it. Love it. Definitely playing common people. My favourite on the album. What? Didn't see that coming. Yeah, I just was thinking this other day. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like the song. It's dark and twisted. I think it's about spying on rich folk and thinking about corrupting them. I really like it. I do. I love it. In fact, more than like it, love it. Why? What is it? I don't... I just think it's the... Yeah, it's like the... Na, 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 na. Yeah, it's like the whole. It's a bit theatrical. Yeah, okay. I love it. Okay. It's not, it never used to be. It's kind of just changed. So. Yeah, okay. Maybe because and this is this. You've heard the hits. You know the hits. You've heard them yeah, a million true. times. Yeah, because it's not like I love. Because there's a song in this I really like that I don't normally think about until I hear the album and I go. Oh, Same. It's another good one coming. Because my second favorite one's coming and it's not one of the big ones. Yeah, because you've heard them a million. Because you've heard sorted freeze for Wiz and we've heard Disco Two Thousand. We'll get that next, but you never dislike them. No, 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 no. But you just go well. You're not my favorite now. Cool. So we'll play I Spy. Yeah. Disco 2000. Love it. Love it. Uh, I've always thought that, and even when we first It makes put, me smile. I don't know why. Uh, I think. I the, mean, it's sad, Neil. It is sad. I know, but, you, but it, yeah. Um, so, this is from song, Cameron Butler. This song is completely crushing. It's a classic story of how two people work so close together, but when the time, when the time to make plans and decisions in their lives, they went in opposite directions. Later, though, they come to talk to each other occasionally. Um, I used to walk you home sometimes, but it meant, oh, it meant nothing to you because you were so popular. Like, later he talks to her again and they agree to make a pact to meet up in the year 2000 at 2 o'clock by the fountain down the road. Sadly, she's gotten married and had a baby without ever realising his unrequented love for her. It could have been with him, but fate had different plans, leaving him to probable bachelor of... Is that a word? Bachelor Dom? Yeah, Bachelor Dom. I can't say it. For the rest of her life to do this, uh, to, to do his sadness and yearning for Deborah. The song never states it, but the reference to the baby and what you're doing Sunday, baby, may mean that Deborah and her husband have split and that a new beginning might start between the two. That's what I always think. It's very split. Some people They're think that they've... They, yeah, some of them think, oh, that's good. And some of them go, nah, it's done, mate. You can't even bring your baby. And she goes, yeah, no worries. And then he raises the child. Well, that's what you think. That's what happens. <laughs> that's what you think. <laughs> Is that not what happens? But we've all had that. We've all had... You know, love stories where we wonder what happened to the other person. But this is a happy ending. Okay, sure, it's a happy ending, Leslie. Because Deborah's broken up with her husband because he wasn't nice. I don't, in fact, I don't even think she was married. So what happened was, Deborah had a boyfriend, she got pregnant. She wasn't sure whether she was going to keep the baby or not. She decided to keep the baby. But that pressure split up that relationship. And so she's been in the doldrums because she's like, I don't know, and it's hard to find love now because I've got a kid and I can't get out. I wonder what... Jarvis is doing and then all, and he's thinking and she's like but he's not going to be interested in me now because it's been so many years and now I've got the baby he's not going to want to raise another man's child and then Jarvis is going I just want to meet you at the fountain down the road I'm going to come and see you you've got a baby that's okay you can bring your baby and then she does and then it's just amazing <laughs> wow not that I've given that any thought. No, 
Oh, that's lovely that you think it has a that's happy ending. That's my head. That's, that's lovely. What lovely. Can we, no, no one tell me otherwise. I won't. No, that's fine. That's Don't what's... tweet me. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> Disco 2000. Live bed show. Good song. What is it? I don't know. I really like the drum loop in this. I think it's brilliant. What's this about? I don't know. Because one minute I'm like, oh, like, is she doing like. What's that? Like, you know, weave things. Is she, like, <laughs> <laughs> she doing weave things? No, like, you know, those people that make those videos, like, live. What videos? Like, like Facebook? People, no, like, you go, like, people log on and then. They're like, oh, can you take your top off? I don't know what you're talking about. Shut up, you just... Yeah, okay. That's what you think the show... Because the the first bit's about... about. You you don't want to get out of your bed because you're probably tired, but you do because it's kind of like her place of work in some respects. So she's got this love-hate relationship. Yeah. She's probably tired... Okay. And then I was like, mm, I don't think it's prostitution. Maybe she does those videos, but then I, uh, but then maybe it's just about. Oh yeah, I don't know. I go all over the place. I thought oh, you've gone a, a slightly different place to me. I always thought it was about uh, when a couple first gets together. You know, it talks about the headboard was keeping the neighbours up at night, but they would never not. And then. Like, it doesn't make any noise anymore. I thought it was about just the longevity of a relationship and yeah, the bed's relationship. I used to, to think that, and then listen you've, to You've it. gone to the dark side. This could be either. That's what I used to think, but then... Do you want to play it? Go on, then. All right, live bed show. Something changed. I love this. I gotta admit, I really like this. Song. Love this song. I absolutely love this song. Uh, Full stop. It's about about a blind date going to happen, which yes. is the, the strings on this are lovely. I wrote the song two hours before we met. I didn't know your name or what you looked like yet. Oh, I could have stayed at home and gone to bed. I could have gone to see a film instead. You might have changed your mind and seen your friends. Life could have been very different, but then something changed. I know. I mean, that's just nice, right? I that? love it. Really, really good, Ryan. Really good song. So here's something changed. Questions that don't matter anyway. Just give us a kiss to celebrate me today. Solid for ease and ways. Yeah. Yeah. Fun song. It's a great song. It's not one of the best on the albums though. Look, it's not. The drop at two and a half minutes is brilliant. Yeah. Like, absolutely brilliant. But no, you don't think it's one of the strongest? Oh, not like it, but I mean, it's not. I think there are stronger out songs. Okay. Jarvis said, Solid for ease and ways is a phrase a girl that I met in Sheffield once told me. She went to see the Stone Roses at Spike Island. Woo! And I said, What do you remember about it? And she said, well, there were all these blokes walking around saying, is everyone sorted for ease and whiz? And that's all she remembered about it. Because clearly she was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like this song. Yeah. I, I like, the, I like um, 
he talks about finding out about it on pirate radio. Like, do you, like so let's talk about this for Atlantic a 252. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? That I was do. pirate radio that got shut down. Oh, my God. That was off I haven't the heard that for yeah, years. Yeah, long wave, Atlantic 252. Yeah, I used to try and tune into that and record it. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I always remember. So I, I never went to an illegal rave. We were way too young for yeah. that. But I remember the rave tapes doing the rounds at school. Do you remember? So I remember like DJ Tom Wilson, Easy Groove, yes. all those sort of like rave DJs. Like it was when the Prodigy were first starting out. And um, I remember, do you remember East Kilbride Markets? No. There was a huge, like, it was a massive industrial market and you used to go and get your fake well, I um, Adidas stuff and all this sort of stuff. Like, oh yeah, resurrection yeah. jackets. Resurrection jackets. But they used to have these guys that had tapes, just illegal, well, sorry, Tapes from the raves, just cassettes yes. lined up. Yeah, you remember that? That yeah. reminds me. The song reminds me of that. Yeah, those markets and you had those, and they clearly somebody just recorded it and it was full on rave. You can buy them off um, eBay. Like, two thousand and two Atlantic two five two shut down. Two thousand. Wow. Mm. You can buy. People have now converted all the rave um, cassette tapes to like digital. Oh wow! So they'll send you it on like a USB stick. Every single rave you've ever wanted. Um, right, where were we? Sorry for East and West, definitely playing? Yeah. Done. No one seems to know exactly where it is, but that's okay, because we're all sorted out for East and West. At four o'clock, the world seems very, very, very far away. I'm not going to spell this, but it's Feeling Called Love. This is my other one that I really it's enjoy. It's a great track. I love it. Massive build-up. I've put here, it's one of those masterpiece tracks. And what I mean by that mm. is it's those tracks that have so many different elements in one. Okay. And it's one of those, that song. Because it starts off and it builds. It come, it's just one of those tracks that has everything. It, it really does. It takes a while to get going, but when it yeah, does... Yeah, and that's what I mean. It is brilliant. It's all about how love really feels. And Jarvis is a great writer, and this nails it. All right, so what do I do? I've got a slightly sick feel because you get all these like, you know, the typical. If you watch a movie, how people feel about love, and it's all rosy. When actually, you know, he talks about you know having a really uh, a sick feeling in his stomach, like I'm standing on the top of a very high building. Mm-hmm. All this stuff that they tell you about in movies, but this isn't chocolate boxes and roses. It's dirtier than that. Like some small animal that only comes out at night, I see <laughs> flashes of the shape of your breasts and the curve of your belly, and they may make He's me... He's obsessed with breasts. He really is. He says it a couple of times in there. And they make me have to sit down and catch my breath. And How you know many what? songs does he say the word breast in? I reckon three. I would say three. Cause I think I... he says it in Pencil Skirt. I think he's... No, and he says it definitely in uh, Disco 2000. He says it in that. I'm sure he says it in Underwear. <laughs> Yeah, he does. He does because he ta- one of the songs he talks about ha- say, touching his first breast. And he just goes, and it "I'm not that dude." Takes me back to, you know, you know. Good on you. Yeah. Uh, Were you listening to Pencil Skirt at the time? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's right. You know, like when you're, you know, you you are infatuated about someone. It's just the little things. You yeah. know, and you you get this like feeling. It's not necessarily a, a great feeling. Because you realise, uh-oh. Not if they don't feel the same. Exactly. Um, Feeling Called Love is a brilliant song, definitely. Yeah. What is 
underwear. Mm. Dark tones on this song, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, I don't necessarily... Yeah, I go... I don't like the... Really dark undertones yeah. in this. So, this is, again... Uh, so, Amy Darling wrote this on Song Meanings. I've been the girl in this song... No, it's about being slightly too drunk to make a rational decision and then realising rather too late that you really don't want to go through with it. Standing semi-conscious in this room thinking about how the F you're going to get out of this one because you're really not ready. But being too drunk to do anything rational and sitting down on the, ben- the bed in a blind panic. Because it's all about he's walking up the stairs, she's in the room and then he's, wants, he's about to see her standing there semi-naked and it's just... Oh. I can see you're doing that face again. It's creepy. making you it's making you creepy and uncomfortable. Yeah. So skip it? Yeah. Monday morning. Yeah, I like Monday morning. Do you? Yeah. Mm. Not like my favourite, but I don't mind it. I goes into that. Uh I'm alright with it. Finally a song I don't really like as much as the rest. It's still good, the chorus is good. Um the lyrics are just quite literal. Jarvis took a couple of years out before going to college and it's about him signing on eating TV dinners and just feeling a bit lost. Oh. Do you want me to play Monday Morning? I'm not fast. Well, let's not play it. Nah. Okay, cool. Bar Italia, the final song. You're shaking... What are you shaking your head at? It's not a good ending. Hmm. What would you have ended with? Something, um, uh, something called... Uh, feeling Called Love, maybe. Oh, no. That would be a hurrah as well, right? Yeah, Bar Italia, I put bad ending like it's a shame because it's a, it's an album of such a mixed bag of songs mm-hmm. in terms of styles. Mm-hmm. Um, some dark, some really upbeat, yeah. some like that really bold. Like yep. it's such a, for that reason, that's why it's such a masterpiece. This is an anticlimax for me. Oh, controversial. And okay. That's why. Wow. Because it doesn't have much of that, of any of that for me. Uh, it's a song about the day after being in complete pieces from a big night <laughs> we've all been there uh, it's not a hurrah but I've put down that it's a fine way to end the album it's not really? it's not it's not yeah but uh, feeling could love cold love would be my hurrah but nothing else is you know what I mean I wouldn't move anything else into the spot yeah I just don't know if, I've, if I'm expecting more but I feel like it's an anticlimax and yeah. even today I listen to it again and it's, yeah it is an anticlimax oh Lyrics are good. That's what you get from clubbing it. You can't go home and go to bed because it hasn't worn off yet. And now it's morning. There's only one place we can go. It's around the corner in Soho where other broken people go. Let's go. That's awesome, eh? That is awesome. Really clever writing. So we will play Baritalia to take us out of this episode. We're done. Done with the album. Reviews. I'm nervous. Cardinal. Not about reviews, but about what's next. You should be nervous about what's next. Cardinal Mark, one out of five. I bought this album persuaded by the enthusiasm of a friend. It's awful. I'm sorry, but I hate it. I hate it passionately enough to write a review of it and give it the opposite negative viewpoint. I don't like Jarvis Cocker's singing and I hate the lyrics. Nerdy, geeky, self-loathing, teenage, uncertainty, dreamt, self-absorbed, whining, which poses as sly social commentary. I picture a socially stunned, stunted individual wanking alone in his bed as and I recoil from it. Oh. Well that's well that's the uncomfortable bit you talked about, right? And that's what does make me feel it's gross. Ah ah the breathy perverted leering of pencil cut scar for example. As a listening experience I find it impossible to enjoy. Same. Why didn't he just write poetry and become the Philip Larkin of his generation? 
so yeah, okay, he goes on, but we'll go next. Uh, P underscore Q3 out of 5, different class isn't a bad album. Cocker is one of the best lyricists to come out of a Britpop and they are, uh, could come out of Britpop and there are enough good songs here to prevent me from taking it to my local music exchange. But it suffers from thinking it's too, it's much more intelligent and profound than it really is. I bought a different class to impress a girl that I like, which is rarely a good idea. The girl herself disappeared from my life within a short few months, but luckily different class turned out to be half decent. She probably listened to Pencil Skirt and thought you were a dirty bastard. <laughs> uh, let's do Grampus. Oh, he's, where's he been? Where's Grampus been? Five out of five. Oh, no. Oh, no, Grampus. Different Class is the quintessential Britpop album. An album that oozes Englishness from every groove. Yet, paradoxically, its primary theme is that the most taboo subject of the English, sex. And not just your common or garden variety, but seamy, seedy, strange, voyeuristic and fetishistic sex which even its English practitioners tend to be overly coy about. So why does it work? Well, without any detriment to the rest of the band, the foremost reason is the charismatic Jarvis Cocker. There is some unfathomable quality to his awkward, uncoordinated appearance, which makes women want to protect him and men want to aspire to be him. Oh dear. He goes on. You know, Grampus goes on. Yeah. You know, it's war and peace. But basically, five out of five from Grampus. Yeah, good on you. Um, he said, certainly remains one of my favourite albums from the Britpop era and of the 90s as a whole. Leslie, ratings. What did you give? What did I give? I reckon I would have given it a seven, seven and a half. Nah, you gave it an eight. Ah! What do you think I gave it? Seven and a half to eight. Well, you more than me, so eight and a half? Nine. 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 Would I hold to that? Yeah, probably. I wish I wish that I'd hold to an eight. I'm glad I gave an eight. Yeah, I wish that I had given it because um, I do like this album slightly more than you. I like Pulp slightly more than you. Um, I wish I was hearing it for the first time again. Yeah, okay. You know, you kind of, you know, you've just heard it a bit, and yep. some of the hits you've heard a bit too much. Speaking of which, number eight. But anyway, so what's happening with Pulp? Not much. Um, Jarvis Cocker's got a really unusual website called jarviscocker.net. It's got nothing to sort of click on. Um, it's really unusual. Uh, are they touring? No. Is he touring? No. Right, number eight. Oh. I'm really concerned about this album oh, because no. I have not listened to this album in a long time and I feel that my views are going to drastically change on where I was a year ago. Good or Bad. Bad. I don't know. I don't know. I've obviously rated well, mine? it. No. I've rated it highly. Clearly. Obviously, clearly, we're here. But I sort of go, yeah, some of the songs on the album, I just don't want to hear again. And that's what worries me about this album now. It is one of your favourites. If it's definitely maybe I'm going to punch you. <laughs> <gasps> it's the other one. What's the story, Born and Glory? So what's the story? Number eight. Number eight. For real? It is. Number eight. I swear. It's there. Look. Number eight. Can you check again? Excel don't lie. I need to check it again. No, you know, I'm going to check Here's it. Use a computer. <laughs> it's my spreadsheet. You don't, you don't have it. You can't do it. Email me it. Well, I'll tell you what my rating is next week. Number eight. Come on. I'm worried. You know, I'll I'm tell you- sad. That was a top five for me. I thought it was dead cert. Nah. 
people have been asking me. I was like, yeah, be the top five. <laughs> Don't know where, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Number eight. To be like that, don't you know your own podcast? Clearly not, no. <laughs> I'm pretty certain. I didn't know it was coming next because I don't know and I don't... I just was certain that what's the story would be in the top five. I didn't think it would be... Because I know that I'm a massive fan and I don't think that you're a huge fan of this album. I'm not... I didn't think it'd be eight. I, I need some time to think about this. I, can't, I don't even remember I'm what... I'm now. I don't even remember what I gave on this album, but... I don't know how I feel about it now. We've gone through this year of amazing music and now you're going to hit me with Roll With It? Really? Do you know what I... So I, that, that's what I was, don't look at me like that! Really? <laughs> <laughs> but I can't remember what your rating is either, so maybe you haven't rated it. 12. I mean, how is Hello going to stand up now? It's not as good. How is, even some might say, I mean... That will. That will. Let's see how we do. Let's see how we do. Cast No Shadow. Uh, 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 great song. Great song. What's the story of Morning Glory? All right. Champagne Supernova. Uh-huh. Don't look back at anger. One Don't... Go. You're <laughs> off your head, man! <laughs> it made the top ten, Leslie. Come on, you've got to be happy with that. Because television are immediately after. <laughs> All right, so Twitter, uh, we're at Britpop Banter on Facebook and Twitter. Email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. You're not happy. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that's going to make me happy today is if New Zealand win the rugby. <laughs> I can't have a double whammy. It's my weekend, for God's sake. <laughs> Wasn't definitely maybe. It better be in the top <laughs> two. You're making me nervous now. <laughs> I I think I would have rated definitely maybe. I know I would have because doesn't get. But I just who knows with you far out. So that better be. You're really struggling with this. I, I don't know what to do. It's with been, been alright for a while, but now you're not in control. Now you know how I feel about it with the bloody homework. Well, suck it up. Right, done. Let's get out of here. Okay. I feel like I, I don't know what to do. I feel like I don't know what you've done. You've done. I don't know what to do. With it. I don't know. I need to go and talk to someone or just get a few beers in you. Oh yeah. Do you know what you need to do? Let's see how you feel about it next week because I'm going to put it on right now because oh, I've got to do my hair. Ah, and that's a process. So oh, I'm going to put it on. Okay. And I see they're going to make me happy or angry. <laughs> what does he know? Well, I'll be out here. I'm gone. I'm gone after this. All right. We'll see you. See you next week, everyone. Bye. 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 Oh